Jesus. Oh, come on, give glory to Jesus. Give glory to Jesus. Let's give glory to Jesus. Let's give glory to Jesus. We serve a living God. Tell your neighbor, I serve a living God. If your neighbor is not willing to tell you, find another neighbor that's willing to tell you the God that you serve. Say, I serve a living God. I always say this, and I'll keep saying it. That is why one of sometimes, you know how sometimes you like to just talk to God. And I sometimes will say, God, you know, so who's going to be my neighbor in heaven? Because me, I want neighbors that will, that will, when I wake up in the morning, I see my neighbors, I'm happy. Yeah, so make sure you have a neighbor that's willing to tell you that it is blessed to be in the house of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we want to thank you. Thank you for your divine presence and thank you for this very day. Thank you for your word that is coming forth. Let your word accomplish your will. Not any will of any man, but Lord Almighty, for the sake of your name. For the sake of your name, let only you alone be made known. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God is good. And all the time, God is faithful. Amen. I am glad that you and I are here today. I'm going to today try to end what I started last week, um, dealing with standing for the truth in affliction. Standing for the truth in affliction. And I, I, um, we are hoping that I will finish it today, by God's grace. We are hoping. Yeah, you keep hoping. Hallelujah. Um, and next week, we are hoping to start the new series, which is the Breastplate of Righteousness. Amen. Um, we may have to do some changes as we go forward through the course of the end of the year um, for our preachers um, series, um, just because next year going, um, the, we, the leadership of the church has decided to come under the same preacher's plan. So both in Lynchburg and here will be under the same preacher's plan. So that means that by virtue of the grace of God, we have to try to finish ours so we can begin with Lynchburg in January 2019. I'm excited for 2019. Oh, some people, you are not excited. Be excited. You see, the thing is that if you are waiting to see the promotion or the joy or something, whatever you are waiting to see, in life, the truth is this. That is why Jesus Christ says that the righteous shall live by what? Faith. Yeah. You see, you have to have a change of mind when you become saved. Because if you are always waiting to see something before you start to really get excited about God, or before you start to really believe in his existence, then like we talked about in Bible studies, you don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we, 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 we live by faith. And there's a reason why we have to live by faith. Hallelujah. So I started last week to deal with the, the place of affliction. And the truth is this. Children of God, we have to get this very well. Because if we don't get the place of affliction, a lot of people that are walking away from the gospel is because of their lack of understanding during times of affliction. Because most of the time, last week, I believe, so we talked about this in Bible studies, most of the time when we go out to evangelize to those who are not saved, we present to them the goodness that is of the Lord. That if you come to God, things will be better. 
But the truth and honestness also is, after they have also received Jesus Christ and come to God, sometimes the problem tend to creep in. And it doesn't even creep in sometimes like the way of their former time. But this time it becomes even more double. So then they start to ask themselves, is it better for me to have stayed back? Or for me to have received this Jesus Christ? I remember one time where I was talking to someone and said, Pastor, you know, I, you know, sometimes you talk about, you know, we should be prayerful church, we should be prayerful people. But the more I pray, sometimes the dreams that I have, <laughs> they are too scary. So I don't even like to pray when I'm going to sleep. Because I'm afraid that I will have some dream that will cut across me. Yeah. That is the reality that we live in. So, you see, then sometimes we start to either blame God or we walk away from God or we live a life of disobedience. So, I'm going to kind of like begin from beginning last week, you know, and I'm going to end from where I need to end. Amen. Yeah, we are going to end. No, no rush. I have 20 minutes, but we are going to end. Say, God, help the pastor. Yeah. Oh, please, pray for me. I need your prayers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need your prayers. Because the way I want God to just fill us up with this word. You know, Psalm 34 that we took from last week, verses 18 and 19. If you study the word of God very carefully, it says, The Lord is near unto them that are of what? Broken hearts. And save us and save such as to uh, save, save such as be of contrite what spirit. Now it began with such a very lovely presentation. The Lord is near to those that are what with broken hearts. And then you go to verses nineteen, and it tells you a different story. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him out of them all. So it means that we cannot escape affliction. You cannot live in a life of saying that it doesn't happen. Even the pastor is afflicted. Everybody goes through some component of affliction. Maybe your, your, your component may not be as bigger than like somebody else's component. But it doesn't mean that you, know, you are less spiritual or somebody is less spiritual. The truth of the matter is that it is all affliction. You get my point? An affliction is an affliction. It means that it has invaded who you are. You get my point? But it is interesting that God, in the beginning of this very passage, began with first saying, the Lord is near to those who are what? Broken hearted. He gave you an assurance before your affliction. So when the affliction comes, what you need to recognize is that God is near. I was having a very awesome fellowship with my brother recently. And, you know, he started going into a place about Stephen. And I told my brother, I said, you know, you need to chill. Because you're almost getting to my preaching. You don't know my brother I'm talking about. You know him one day. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says that Stephen, as he was being stoned, Lifted up his eyes into the heavens. And he saw something. 
My God, I wish I had a church here. Stephen saw something. He did not see just any ordinary thing. But he saw something. Tell your neighbor, he saw something. He saw what? Something. And the Bible says he saw what? The Son of God. Because he has not left you, he is still with you. But the secret is that you need to get it well. Because if you don't get it, you will act as if God is near, nearer to you. That in the midst of your affliction, you will not allow God to glorify himself. But in the midst of Stephen being stoned, God was still glorifying himself. He, as he was being afflicted, God was still being magnified. As he was being afflicted, God was still being praised. I came to announce to you that in the midst of your affliction, the Lord is nearer. The Lord is nearer. Many are the affliction of the righteous. I am not discouraged in my affliction. I am not broken in my affliction. I am not put down in my affliction because my affliction brings the glory. Oh, please, let me, let, me, let me teach this. Let me teach this, please. Because it's about time the believers changes our mindset. Walk around with as if we are blemish. And we are blaming God. And blaming our mothers. And you are... My God. I am deeply convicted that the church has to have a different mindset. Consultation fees. You, you got to just know how to go to God. You see, the, 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 your pastor has to be a pastor that I have to enjoy my life. So the only way I can do that is teach you the truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, if I teach you the truth, I will sleep well. As a matter of fact, I don't need consultation time. You get my point. But if you don't know the truth, then you keep worrying me. <laughs> oh, if you hide it, it means that you are okay with your affliction. Yeah. Yeah. You see, the truth is this, my brothers and sisters. We have to get it. Because the afflictions will not go away. Yeah. It will not go away. So you got to get the key, the secret of when you are being afflicted, what it takes. What it takes. I said I was going to finish this. And by the grace of God, I will finish. <laughs> Some people are not praying for me, but I'm praying for myself. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. I want, and then, like I said, I'm starting from the beginning, but we are ending. So then I, we took the scriptures to the book of First Peter. First Peter. Chapter 4. Verses 12. 
verses 12, going. And I read this because I needed to teach the church that when you call the things that you call affliction, you know what affliction is. Yeah. It's not everything else, it's affliction. Some of the things, it's infliction. You bring it upon yourself. Yeah. But if you have a change of mind, then you don't tolerate infliction. You can handle afflictions. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 4, verses 12 going says, The beloved, do not think it is strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you. Do not think it is strange. Yeah. Don't think it's strange that you have to go through some trials. Yeah. Don't think that sometimes you are expecting something to happen or a sudden disappointment shows up at the door. Don't think it is strange. It happens. As though some strange things happen to you. But rejoice to the extent that you, what, partake of Christ's suffering. That when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding, what, joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon what? Let me continue. And he says, on their part, he is blasphemed. But on your part, he is what? Glorified. Does that make sense? Yeah. On your part, on their part, he is what? Blasphemed. Meaning that when the afflictions comes, people would sometimes say, where is your God? But in the midst of your affliction, he says, on your part, he is what? Glorified. You get it? Good. I have to make sure we're teaching this very carefully. And he continues to say, but let none of you suffer as a, let none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief, or evildoer. And here the last one I love the most. Or as a busybody. In other people's matters. Yeah. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian. Let him not be ashamed. But let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come. For judgment to begin at the house of what? God. And if it begins with us first. What will be the end of those who not obey the gospel of God? Now, if righteousness, if, if, the, if the righteous one is scarily saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Verse 19. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God, commit their souls to him in doing what? Good. As a faithful word, creator. This scripture reveals to us two things. What affliction is not and what affliction is. What affliction is not is what we read from verses, um, I believe verses 15 going. But none of you shall what suffer as murderers or a thief 
or evil word doer. Anything that you do that is contrary to the word of God. You get it? But for us, it says in verses, I believe verses 16, yet if anyone suffers as a what? I didn't get the church here. If anybody suffers as what? Means that your affliction has to be anything that reflects the identity you have in Christ. So, it is key. You can't say that I'm going to be living my life outside of God's will. And the trials of today, I call it affliction. And I can boldly also say, God has not delivered me. There is an error. You get my point? You have to be identified in Christ. Because he suffered. Just as he says in Hebrews chapter 4, he said that we don't have a high priest who does not understand, but who have gone through the heavens, who knows everything that you and I. He suffered just like you and I. You get my point here. So there needs to be the place. That is the first thing you need to understand. That you need to have an identity in Christ. Yeah? If you are not living a life identified in Christ, you cannot call your problems an affliction. Because the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. And it's why it says that many are the afflictions. But in all, the Lord. It doesn't mean that sometimes it goes away just like that. But it means that in the mix of your challenges, in the mix of your afflictions, God still gives you joy. God still gives you peace. The things that you could not have gained in affliction, you gain it. I am getting there so you can understand. So then the question we have to ask ourselves is this. If we are going to look at just being identified in Christ, then how is my life identified in Christ? Yeah, that is the question for the day. How is my life identified in Christ? Because it's important. Verse 16. Let me read that again. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, if anybody suffers as a Christian, the first thing he says is what? Let him not what? Be ashamed. So the first place you need to understand in being identified in Christ is his love. It's love. You see, if you don't love him, then you don't know who he is. Because God is love. Because if you go through and understand and grasp his love, then as you go through the process of life, you see God also operating in it. Believe it or not, many Christians, it is a place that we struggle with. Identifying ourselves in the love of God. Hallelujah. First John chapter 4, verse 16, the word of the Lord says, And we have come to know and have come to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and the one abiding in love abides in what? God. And God abides in what? Him. Love is never ashamed. 
Love is never ashamed. For those who have ever been in love before, who you truly love, you are never ashamed of. You go anywhere with that person. You showcase that person to everybody else. Because you want people to know, this is my love. Whom you love, you don't hide anything from. Whom you love, you receive whatever they say. Where there is love, there is no evil able to work through. Love is a very great foundation for us. That's why God has made himself love. You see, if you walk in a place of love, a life full of the love of Jesus, the Bible says in Daniel chapter 3 verse 16, that Shadrach, Mezak, and Abednego, when the king said, bow to my, 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 my gods, they said one thing. They said that even if our God, we will not bow. Okay, we will not bow. But even if our God does not come to save us, we will still what not, not bow. Simply what they were saying is this. Our love that we have for God is so great that we cannot trade this love. I cannot walk away from this love. Even if God does not come to save me, I am still in love with him. If God does not come to redeem me, I am still in love with him. You see, the love makes us know where we are in Christ Jesus. You see, God is love. So it means that he is not going to change who he is because of your affliction. The truth and honest is this. He is going to remain love forever and ever. But the key is this. You have to understand. See, God does not need you to just be in a place. See, God is not lonely. Sometimes we think that God needs our love. But it's the other way around. We need his love. You see, he has what is called the all-surpassing love. So we need to be in the place that we are in constant need of the love. You get my point? Because if you work in this love, if you live in this love, the Bible says that for God so loved the world. Let me preach to somebody here. That he gave his only son. It means that this love has the ability to go to places that nobody wants to go. This love knows that I can leave the 99 sheep and still go find that one sheep. This love is about finding you. Not finding the big crowd. Not finding the famous testimonies. But it's about finding you. That's what this love is about. This love left his glory for you and I. So I have not come to be saved because I was so good. I have not been, been saved because I was born in a Christian home. I have not been saved because I have come from a, a father who is faithful with the Lord. But I have been saved because he loved me. So then when I'm going through affliction, I understand what my, the love of God does for me. You get it? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll finish. Yeah, I'll finish. Four minutes. I'll finish. And this next point, he says, he said, let him not be what? Ashamed. 
Now, said that place is teaching us what? About what? His love. And he says, but let him glorify God. What? Glorify what? God. Ha. Huh. Glorify what? God. How do we glorify God? We glorify God based on our faith in him. Based on what? Our faith in him. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who approaches him must what? Believe that he exists. <laughs> and that he what? Rewards. Those who what? Earnestly what? Seek him. Without faith. It is in what? Impossible. So our only way of being able to glorify God in our affliction is by our place of faith. If we have faith in the Lord that he exists. Huh. My faith has found a resting place not in device nor creed. His wounds for me sharply I need no other argument I need no other plea It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me It is enough that Jesus died and that he died. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 14 down, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has surpassed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. But, but, was in all point tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of what? So, last week, I talked briefly about one thing, one or two keys that I wanted to talk to the church about. One was that one, acknowledging Jesus as your high priest. You see, if you cannot see the role of Jesus Christ in your life as your high priest, then when you're going through the affliction, that is where you're looking for another pastor. You're looking for some human being to be your high priest. But Jesus Christ is your high priest. Yeah, me, I'm not your high priest. Jesus Christ is your high priest. God has appointed me in this vineyard to serve as what? The shepherd in this vineyard. But there is only one, what? High priest. There wasn't two high priests. There wasn't three high priests. There is only My God. My God. There is only one high priest. So you cannot make yourself a high priest. Because it is already preoccupied by another high priest. You get my point? Who 
is able to what? Sympathize. I am going to finish. Yeah. The, the key is this. If we get this, then the Bible says in the, ver- the last verse, 16 says, Then let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace where the high priest is, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. But what the Lord was teaching me here is this. He says, son, you know, the problem sometimes that my sons and my children, they don't, they don't realize, is that the place of time of need. And I was telling my daughter last, last night that, you know, sometimes the problem is this. We determine what our time of need is. You get it? If everything is going good, no time of need. But if everything is not going good, time of need. But the scripture says something. It says you shall what? Obtain mercy and find grace. So, if it was you and I, I think every day should be our time of need. Because the Bible says, the mercies of God are made new every morning. So, every morning I wake up, I need to obtain mercy. Every day I wake up in the morning, I need to find grace. You get my point? If you live your life always before the high priest, Always in need of the high priest to provide mercy and to provide grace. Then when the trouble comes in the morning, you will not be surprised. Because mercy is already made available. The thing is this, you and I don't know tomorrow. But God knows tomorrow. So if we live a life understanding, I hope I'm teaching this well. If we live a life understanding that every day I am in need. <laughs> I'm, uh, excuse those who, if your first time is here, please excuse me. I love to enjoy my God. Yeah, so that, let me just, you know, please forgive me. But don't, as my, don't forgive me. Let me keep going. As a matter of fact, this is the thing. You see, if every day I am in need, then every moment of my life, what is working in me is mercy. What is keeping me going is grace. But we become accustomed that we want to really find the need of God's mercy and God's grace only when things are not going well for us. But if I wake up in the morning and I say, Heavenly Father, may I obtain your mercy and may I find your grace and I go to work and my supervisor and my co-workers may be talking about me, may be working against me. Guess what is working for me? Mercy is working for me. Grace is finding me. Grace is working on my behalf because I am not discouraged. I am not ashamed because love is there because my high priest has provided to me mercy and grace and when mercy and grace is we are more than conquerors because the mercy of God you see what the mercy of God does is that the mercy keeps you going when everything tells you you can't keep going what the mercy does when all things are not going well what you find yourself doing in your natural self is that you become depressed but mercy says I have not forgotten about you. 
Mercy says, your past is no longer coming against you. Mercy has erased your past. Mercy has said, your old, the sins of the old is no longer going to hold you back. Mercy says, keep on keeping on. So Psalm 23, David said, goodness and mercy shall what follow me. He could have said that we'll go what go behind of us. But they have to follow us. Because when we are pushed back, mercy keeps us standing. He says in his word that the righteous shall fall seven times. They fall seven times. But at each fall, they still keep going forward. Why? Because mercy. 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 And if you understand this, you cannot let anything you go through conform your God. Because mercy and grace in time of your need. I don't know what you, when when you think your need is, but your need should be every day. I need the mercy of God every day. I have to finish this. Romans chapter 8 verse 32. Keep going. I'm almost done. He says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall we not? How shall he not? And hear what he says. How shall he not? With him. Who is the him? Your high priest. Jesus Christ. He says, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things. The all things, good news is this. It's not the material things you need. Yeah. Praying for a car and the car it's not coming. It's not affliction. That is busybody. Yeah. You get it. All things means grace and mercy. Yeah. I wish the church would just grab this and run with it. That whatever you face at your place of work, Look around and say, mercy, where are you? Grace, where are you? The last thing, one, I said, acknowledge Jesus Christ as your what? Your high priest. The second thing is what? Desiring a communion of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The book of Romans, and I'm ending, I'm ending. Verses chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him also, we have access by faith. 
Into what? Into what? Ha, yeah, 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 yeah. In which we what? Stand. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that by, not only that, but we also glorify in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. Char- and character, what? Hope. Why? Because we have access into the grace. And hear what his word says in verse 5. But now, hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God. Because what? The love of God. Does the love of God has been poured out in our heart by who? The Holy Ghost. Who has given to us the love of God. The thing that I've talked about. But it all boils down to us understanding. The hope does not disappoint. Because the Holy Spirit gives us the enablement of this hope. So the more we commune with Jesus. The more we commune with Jesus. The more we commune with the Holy Spirit. And walk in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The more that when we are going through our trials and our tribulations, the tribulation breaks out perseverance. And that perseverance then makes us build up the character of Jesus. And that character then what produces what? Hope. But this is a hope that doesn't disappoint. My brothers and sisters, the truth of the matter is this. There is only one truth. I cannot, by the virtue of knowing the grace that God has given to me to tell you anything different. There is only one truth. And that truth is found in his word. He told the people that as he was praying, he said, satisfy them with your truth. Satisfied, and I talked about this some weeks back. It's what to set you apart for what he has purposed for you. There is only one truth. Grab it. Run with it. That truth says that God is Lord. Today I'm ending this message. The truth in affliction. What are your afflictions, my brothers and sisters? What are you going through? That you are not leaving it before the feet of Jesus. What are you going through that is so bigger than Jesus? What are you going through that you have made it so bigger than Jesus? What are you going through that he cannot do? What are you going through that he has not gone through? Ah, he's gone through it. He's gone through that pain. He's gone through that neglect. He said, Abba, Father, why have you forsaken me? When somebody neglects you and forgets about you, remember, he's gone through it. Whatever you may be going through, 
your bosses will give the honor to somebody else and you are you are you are in distort you are you know upset guess what he went through it they tried to take away his credit for themselves but i came to encourage you this truth never fails Today, I'll leave you with this word that the truth will set us free. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's rise, please.